Auto Plaza Direct King's Court starts now. south and west we welcome you in on a very snowy morning into the window world king's court kevin slayton with you on kevin slayton show.com this is where you come to hear the live version now i'm already getting grief for the song i just played that was a very much slower version of johnny mathis singing let it snow i couldn't find the original version this morning i was a little bit up against it and uh so i rushed in and found and i started it up and i'm going gosh that seems slower and it was a lot slower. I've already had one text where that version sucks. <laughs> so anyway, we just tried to set the mood because it's been snowing all night. And uh, despite the fact that it was warm when it first began to snow, it's around freezing now, so the snow is sticking, and it's been sticking for a few hours. And it's supposed to snow another three hours. So we'll see what we end up with this morning. But you've come to the place to find the unvarnished truth backed by facts and evidence. And since you've come here, we're going to provide that for you today. Our phone lines are always open for you, 636-538-0746, 538-0746. And we'll take care of that for you. We'll provide it for you. And we'll also provide the right transportation for you in the snow, the rain, or whether it's sunny, cold, you can take care of that by visiting stl-cars.com, stl-cars.com. Or you can call them or text them at 314-309-3633, 314-309-3633. Now, why I'm telling you this is because I've had experience with these folks, and they take all the pain out of buying a car, truck, SUV, four-wheel drive for the snow, I've bought three cars from them. My son just bought one. It's not painful. It just doesn't have to be that way. You can scroll through all of their different inventory, over a 1,000 vehicles on their website. Tell them the one you want. Tell them the price you want to pay. They'll find it for you. If it's not in their inventory, they'll find it. For instance, my son's car is being delivered from Alabama. You pick it up and drive away. It's that simple. Tell them the car you want, the price you want to pay, They'll find it. You pick it up and drive home, or they can bring it to you. You can't get a better car buying experience than that. 
STL-Cars.com, 314-309-3633. Ask for Don, and he'll be able to pave the way for you. Well, despite the snow, there's a lot of other things that are going on. It makes it uh, red hot in D.C. and the surrounding areas. Our country is at an all-time low, and with no signs of it improving. Uh, Wait till you hear what was being proposed in this six-pillar agreement with Mexico. You're going to hear that. What was left out and what was put in, it's just unfathomable. Once again, the mysterious Karine Jean-Pierre is declining to answer any questions, referring everybody to the Justice or the White House Counsel Department where they should answer questions about the document scandal. Mike Pence's house now has been discovered as a document holder. The boxes weren't open. They weren't strewn about like the Bidens were. They weren't behind a lock and key, though, like Trump's were. But the media has decided that since Mike Pence is a perfect human being, then he didn't do anything wrong. And so by virtue of that, then Joe Biden didn't do anything wrong. That's their argument now. Never mind the facts. They're going to compare the two because they were both vice presidents. The difference is, when he was a senator, Biden stole them. And when he was a vice president, he stole them. You'll hear how difficult it is to steal them when you're a senator. It's pretty pretty bizarre. But that's how the media is trying to uh, frame it, at least for now. It's, it's pretty strange. You're going to hear the latest on what's happened to our strategic oil reserves from uh, Reince uh, Priebus, along with Joe Concha, as to the qualifications of Jennifer Granholm. Al Gore has made an earth-shattering comparison that is going to infuriate anyone who hears it with the, cli- the climate deniers like me. Uh, they call you everything. You know, you're a vaccine denier. You're a COVID denier. You're a climate denier. Deny, deny, deny. No, we don't deny it, you jackass. I know there's a climate out there. It's just not what you describe. Because there's no fear-mongering from me. I know there's COVID. It's just not what you describe it as. There's no fear-mongering from me. I know there's a vaccine out there. It's just not what you describe it as. I'm not going to be fear-mongering about it. I'm going to tell the facts. And the facts are it's damn dangerous. You're going to also hear from a lunatic who sounds like a mad scientist in little-known video from that World Economic Forum. A research assistant is hard at work because she has also brought us the news that Adam Schiff nor Swalwell will be on any committees in the House of Representatives. Kevin McCarthy has booted them for good. You'll hear the reasons and you'll hear their own words in Schiff's case as to why he's not on. There's an email that's been uncovered from the Hunter Biden laptop, where else, of Hunter telling his business partner, Devin Archer, that he knows what U.S. policy is going to be toward Ukraine and the United Kingdom. He knows. How did he know that? Was he looking at stolen classified documents? That's not a hard stretch to make that uh, connection, is it? No, it's not. Ron DeSantis tells the School districts in Florida, what they can do with their critical race theory and the queer theory that they were trying to inject into it. Gavin Newsom out in California 
while not combing his hair and putting more gel on his head, rips into the Second Amendment, calls it a suicide pact. So you've got a governor on the southeast coast who knows what the hell's going on, who knows what America is, knows what it stands for. Then you've got the super flake out in California blaming Republicans for a mass shooting out there when he's the governor, his entire state house is Democrats. He owns the state. He has the most strict gun laws in the country. And he claims there's some sort of Asian racism going on when an Asian man killed other Asians. You'll hear from his mouth. And you'll also hear Victor Davis Hanson put him in his place. Yes, you will. In the meantime, Newsom is trying to tax people who leave California. You might have been gone for 10 years, but if you're a millionaire, and especially if you're a billionaire, he's going to try to tax you, even now. You might be living in Kalamazoo, but you're going to have to pay an extra tax in California if he gets his way. He won't, but that's what he's trying to do. It's pretty incredible, isn't it? And what does Fauci want? He's not out of office. I thought he was gone. He's now, through Biden's insanity, trying to, I guess, mandate a booster shot every year for everybody, including little children. Dr. Marty McCary will weigh in on that. Scott Rowland, the Cardinal third baseman, has been elected into baseball's Hall of Fame. He's the only player, active or current player, I shouldn't say current player because he's not playing, but the only one of, of recent times who got in this year. Only one. Good for him. Congratulations, Scott Rowland. I like him. I like the way he played. I also like the fact that he wasn't wild about Pujols. Didn't like him at all. In fact, I can tell you a story. An umpire friend of mine was working third base at a Cardinal game in St. Louis one weekend. And while Roland was fielding ground balls in infield before the inning started, my buddy said to him, you know, without looking up, he just said, my son is a huge fan of yours. You're his favorite Cardinal. And Roland didn't look up, but he said, as he was throwing the ball to first base, he said, you mean number five over there is not his favorite? And my friend said, no, it's you. And he said, that's good to know. The truth is, Roland didn't get along with Pujols at all. In fact, he confronted Pujols in the dugout about not hustling and running out ground balls. And the next thing you know, Roland gets traded. And that broke up a great Cardinal team. But Roland goes in with better numbers than people think. Someone said last night on social media that Jim Edmonds had way superior numbers. I corrected the person because he doesn't. In fact, Roland's numbers are better than Edmonds. If you average their seasons out to 162-game schedule, Roland had 25 home runs, Edmonds had 32, but everything else other than batting average, which was 284 to 281 in favor of Edmonds, doubles, RBIs, hits, all of that favored Roland. I'll bet you didn't think Roland had a career average of 281. I didn't. I thought he was in the 260s. Eight-time gold glove winner, same as Edmonds. So congratulations to Scott Rowland. He was uh, deservedly, I think, into the Hall of Fame. And 
I hope that when he goes in, Cardinal Nation will appreciate everything that he has done. He is the kind of baseball player we should all look up to and have our kids look at and say, that's the way to play the game. If you ever saw Roland hit a home run, there was no jogging around the bases. There was no bat flip. There was no looking into the dugout. There was no staring at the pitcher. There was no pulling on the jersey like, look at me. Head down, ran around the bases. Ran around the bases. Didn't sprint, but he ran. There just was no hot dog in Scott Rowland. Unfortunately, he injured his shoulder. in what seemed like a pretty innocuous collision over third base in a playoff game against Arizona. He and La Russa did not get along. And it was always a sad ending to the Cardinals' tenure with him because his parents had moved here when Scott came to the Cardinals from Indiana. He's an Indiana boy. So his parents lived here. They lived out in the St. Charles area. And then LaRussa orchestrates a trade to Toronto where Roland played well, but then he played very well in Cincinnati also. So congratulations, Scott Roland. He is in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I um, don't talk about the success of the show often, even though we know it's very successful. But we've now discovered that our show, thanks to you, our listeners, our show is in the top 10% of all podcasts worldwide. That's over 3 million podcasts, different podcasts. Our show is in the top 10%. Now, how can we get it higher? Well, I've discovered ways. And so I'm going to ask you as a favor if you'll do this and if you'll call your family members and your friends and have them do it as well. All you have to do is Google Kevin Slayton, excuse me, Kings Court Kevin Slayton, just those four words, Kings Court Kevin Slayton, Then simply scroll down to where it says King's Court with Kevin Slayton on Apple Podcasts and write a review. When you first call it up, there's those three buttons at the top right-hand corner. Click on those. Click follow. Then scroll down to where it says write a review and write me a review. I don't care what you say. It can be as short as possible. I enjoy the show. That's all it takes. Or you suck. doesn't matter whether it's good or bad. It helps us. And so I would appreciate if you would do that. And then on Spotify, if you don't mind, doing the same thing there. And when you get to their page, just simply click on the bell. There's a bell, and if you click on it, it means you're following. So we would appreciate that greatly. But top 10%, so take a bow, folks. You put us there, and we appreciate that. All of us who work on this show appreciate that very much. But just that simple thing, if you don't mind. If you get confused, email me. Let me know. But. The only person who should get confused with that technology is me. It's pretty simple, and I was able to do it. Kings Court, Kevin Slayton, that'll get you there. Scroll down to Apple Podcasts. Click on Follow, then scroll down. Write a review. Go to Spotify. Click on the, the bell, and you got to follow there, and we're done. That's how simple it is. It'll take you five minutes, if that. I don't. You don't have to be a doesn't have to be a long review. Like I said, it can be a few words. I enjoy the show. I hate the show. Anything you want. Cardinals suck. Doesn't matter. Just say you write a review. 
Cardinals do kind of suck, by the way. They haven't done anything in the offseason. They got Wilson Contreras, and that's it. We'll get into that another day, though. But there's plenty of snow outside, and it's still snowing. I don't know if it'll really snow in the next three hours, but it's been snowing for quite a while, and we have a winter wonderland. I didn't think it was going to be cold enough to stick to the streets, but it did. Temperature dropped down a little further, a little further than they thought it would, and so it did get to freezing or below. So that's what we have in the Midwest. We have a nice winter wonderland. Fantastic. Our phone lines, as I said, are always open for you, 636-538-0746-0746. Now, this email scandal, which the media and other Democrats are acting as though is no big deal for Biden. However, there are people, liberals, that are making it a big deal. But the one who makes it a bigger deal than it may even be, although it's pretty big, it's a felony, is Karine Jean-Pierre, no doubt acting on the orders of Biden and his lawyers. Can you imagine, by the way, how much those lawyers are raking in right about now? I mean, we're talking about an hourly fee that's probably in the $300 an hour range or more, maybe 500 If you could ever go to law school and get a job as a White House counselor in any way connected to Washington's political scene, you will make a fortune, trust me. So she refuses to answer any questions. Lots of questions, but Corrine Jean-Pierre is not keen on answering any of them. Peter Ducey starts it out. After a special counsel was named, but before the FBI searched, President Biden went to his house in Wilmington. What was he doing in there? I would refer you to the White House counsel. So it was something relating to this case? I would refer you to the White House counsel's office. Okay. Do you think that this story was leaked by someone trying to bruise the president politically ahead of a re-election announcement? I would refer you to the White House counsel's office. We know the president did it. Why did he do it? I would refer you to the White House counsel. Is she not a joke? She is an absolute joke. That's your job, is to answer questions, not refer them to the White House counsel. But you know what we did? We thought, okay, let's check in with the White House counsel and see what we can find out from them. If they'll give us any more in-depth answers, then check with the White House counsel. I'll refer you to the White House counsel. There are many people uh, out there uh, in the media who sort of try to stir up controversy to get attention or uh, or time uh, on camera. The underlying issue that we're talking about here is that as soon as the president's personal team noticed something, they immediately and promptly and transparently disclosed that to the proper authorities. Immediately, promptly, and transparently to the proper authorities. You're a liar. That's a lie. So what the White House counsel's office did was told their spokesman to get out there and lie, which is worse than Karine Jean-Pierre saying nothing, but not only lie, while you're at it, blame the media. Somehow the media asking legitimate questions about a scandal of perhaps a felony committed by a sitting president, the media that asked questions about that is somehow looking for more camera time. Whatever that means, I have no idea what that even means. But in the meantime, what we did was we reported it promptly and transparently. What is? How do you report something transparently, by the way? But that's a lie because you didn't. In fact, you sat on it to get through the midterm elections, 
And then you didn't report it to the proper authorities. You reported it to the archives. The proper authority would be the FBI or the Department of Justice. But you did that. You didn't do that. You didn't do it ever, in fact. So you're a liar, Ian Sams, of the White House Council Council's office. You're a liar. So the next time Karine Jean-Pierre tells anybody, I'm referring you to the White House Council, someone should say to her, well, no, that's not a good place to go because they lie. You look like an imbecile, but they lie. Now, of course, we know you lie too. But in this particular case, you're not the liar. You just don't say anything. Cat's got your tongue. This is what these people do because they think you're a fool, I'm a fool, everybody you know is a fool. In fact, everyone who voted for them or against them is a fool. They believe the American people collectively are stupid and that they are smart. I'll pause until you stop laughing. Not that we're that smart, but they're really not smart. They're the dumb people. We're the smart people. They're controlling our lives. Figure that one out, and you'll be a millionaire. There's a lot more of us than there are of them. A lot more. About 360 million to about four or 500. That's a big win. And yet we let them beat us. What the hell's wrong with us? I mentioned that some of the liberals aren't so keen to make excuses for Biden anymore. Dick Durbin, the most aptly named senator in history, is one of those who surprises me. He talks about how difficult it would be when Biden was a senator, almost impossible, to steal these documents once you view them. The process we go through is so elaborate and careful to review any of these documents that I can't understand. The process we go through is so elaborate and careful to review any of these documents that I can't understand how any individual senator can take possession of a classified document, let alone remove it to another location. It's just unthinkable. Well, it's unthinkable, but he did it. And he didn't just remove it to another location. They were moved around even after that. Some in his office at the University of Pennsylvania, some in his white his, uh, Delaware garage, some in his Delaware study. God knows where they found the rest of them. In Hunter Biden's crack pipe, maybe? Look there. But the media has decided now that since Pence did it, Biden's not so bad, but that orange man, bad man. It appears that former Vice President Pence and President Biden handled these scenarios pretty much the same as one another. We went through this with Biden. He said he was surprised. I think it's clear former Vice President uh, Pence was surprised as well. You treat the situation the same, and I think what everyone says is clear. Based on what we know so far, Pence and Biden seem to be in a much the more similar situation. <laughs> and yet they don't. First of all, they want Pence and Biden to be similar so they can continue to blame Trump. But Pence and Biden are not similar. They're similar in the sense that both were vice presidents when they did this, but Biden was also a senator, which is even worse. Biden didn't report the documents when he found them. Pence did. Biden sat on the documents to get through a midterm election. Pence did not. Now, in previous interviews, just last November, Pence either lied, directly lied, 
or he really is not paying attention because he was asked directly if he had any classified documents at his home, and he said no. So he was either lying, and that removes the St. Mike Pence moniker, or he's inept and had no idea. By the way, I'm a stooge is not a defense. What Mike Pence did was illegal. Again, intent doesn't matter. You return them quickly, that doesn't matter. You own up to it, that doesn't matter. It's a crime. And it's an even bigger crime when you're a sitting senator or a former senator when you do it. There is no argument to be made that a senator has any clearance, any authority to remove classified documents from what they call the skiff room, where they go to view them, a secured room. Most of them leave their cell phones out when they go in there. God knows you can't trust Congress people to not take snapshots of classified documents and then sell them. And that might be what Hunter Biden did. We'll get into that a little bit later on. So Pence is guilty. Biden's guilty. The only one who took documents when he was actually president and had authority to declassify documents is Donald Trump. And yet the media wants to believe he's the bad guy the other two, and that's such a big deal. Trump's claim is he declassified the documents that he had. He also cooperated and was negotiating with the archives and the FBI as to the remainder of the documents today. He turned over 15 boxes. They came down to look at the boxes. He gave them access. The only thing they said was, I want you to put a padlock on the door where you're storing them. He did that. So it is pretty easy to distinguish Trump's behavior from the other two. In Pence's case, he didn't even know he had him, he claims. In Biden's case, they were everywhere. The lid was off the box. You could read the documents. If you just walked into his garage, you can see the picture of it. But that doesn't stop someone like Lawrence O'Donnell of MSNB Hee-Haw from basically saying stealing the documents is okay since Pence and Biden did it. It is possible for documents to be classified that we would all look at now and think, well, that's basically public information. Like, that's right. not it's not a big deal. And so that's one of the things that, that if it, it you know, it was a, it's a strong element in in what you'd call the Biden defense here. No, it's not. First of all, who do you think you are that you can look at documents and decide, well, those aren't classified. You don't know anything. How dare this guy say these are documents that the public would say, oh, they're no big deal. You've never seen them. This is the kind of irresponsible, in my in my book, criminal behavior that the media engages in. They love to talk about disinformation or misinformation. That was criminal disinformation that he just gave you. That these documents are so innocuous that the general public would consider them nothing. Keeping in mind, of course, he's never seen them. But that, that is a danger in this country. Media needs to be silenced. They need to lose their First Amendment protections completely. 
They need to lose the protection against lawsuits completely until they earn it. And telling people that in the process of committing a felony, a sitting president took documents that we would believe are nothing is a flat-out lie, is disinformation. It's almost a compliment. It's a lie. Lawrence O'Donnell has no idea whether we would consider those documents classified or not because we've never seen them and neither has he. And even if I saw them, I wouldn't know whether they should be classified or not. What do I know? I'm not in government. I don't know what's important and what's not. I suppose if they contained battle plans and troop movements, I would understand that they should be classified. There are rumors that that's what Biden's papers contained. But we don't know. But there's the media lying yet again. It's what they do. I don't know who lies more, Biden or the media. Somebody got a hold of Jumpin' Joe Scarborough, though, and he got the memo on the turn on Biden philosophy. 24 years ago, I'm still not saying anything about classified briefings I got just because you don't take a chance. You know who knows that? You know who knows that better than anyone? Joe Biden. And it doesn't not, seem that way, Mike. It doesn't seem that way, Mike. Why are there so many classified it's in, documents? Joe, it's incredibly... It's the Penn Center. Why are there classified documents in his garage? Why are there classified documents in his home? He was talking to Mike Barnacle, who used to write for the Boston Globe, and now he's an MSNB hee-haw contributor. Mike Barnacle is a flaming, flaming liberal. Anything a liberal does is never wrong, according to Mike Barnacle. You heard him trying to defend Biden to another liberal, and that liberal's bobblehead wife started laughing at Barnacle. That's the ultimate insult. When Micah Brzezinski laughs at you because what you're saying is so absurd, but you just heard evidence of it. That's what it was. It was absurd. So Scarborough has turned on Biden. Bobblehead Brzezinski has turned on Biden. The Mike Barnacles of the world, the Lawrence O'Donnells of the world, they'll still remain because they're brain dead. It's pretty bad when Micah Brzezinski is smarter than you. You know you've reached a new level of low because it won't get any lower in terms of intelligence. You've reached the bottom. The bottom of the barrel is where you reside. (laughs) She was mocking him. That was kind of funny, I thought. When you're mocking that jackass. Or being mocked by that jackass, I should say. But that's what happened. You just heard it firsthand. Biden was claiming just a few months ago credit for lowering gas prices. He was stealing, and I mean stealing, from the strategic oil reserves which have a definite purpose. They're to be used in an emergency in this country. Biden closing pipelines, Biden not allowing leases for drilling, Biden prohibiting drilling on federal land, it does not constitute an emergency. That constitutes policy decisions knowingly, intentionally, ruining our energy sector. But... We now know that 
Apparently it's not Biden's fault that he did anything wrong because he brought gas prices down. And just over the last couple of weeks, gas prices have shot up 33 cents a gallon on average. You heard yesterday that he wasn't going to take the blame for that because Jennifer Granholm said it was a winter storm that caused it. (laughs) And yet, our strategic oil reserves now are at a low of 30 years ago. Hadn't been this low in 30 years. Not only that, he's selling our strategic oil reserves to China. Reince Priebus, what about this? What's he doing with our strategic oil reserves? What happened was the Biden administration used so much of the oil out of the strategic s- supply that they actually took too much. It was sitting around, and then they put the oil on the open market, and China bought the oil. I mean, this is the same group of people. When P- Buttigieg's talking about all of these transportation decisions. Well, the decisions started on day one when they ended the Keystone Pipeline, they increased taxes on oil companies. They ended oil leases. That's a lot of ending. A lot of increasing and a lot of ending. And they did that. Those were conscious decisions that Biden made. So there was no emergency to use these strategic oil reserves and drain them down. If we had an emergency now, we'd be in trouble. And then what he didn't drain down, apparently he was busy selling to China. <laughs> Put aside the mere stupidity of that practice. It's treasonous. This is our arch enemy. And we're selling them our oil. When our gas prices are at a runaway high. When the OPEC members have told Biden to pound salt because they hate him. They won't even deal with him. But they did love Trump. So that's what they're doing, selling our strategic oil reserves to China, when if you're going to tap into them, you could have tapped into them further and lowered gas prices even more. But you didn't. The truth is, you never had to tap into them. Your policy ideas forced you to. But that was just for the midterms. Biden knew that all along. We told you that all along that the drain on our strategic oil reserves would stop at the midterms, and it did. And now because he sold our oil to China, we're watching gas prices zoom skyward again. Jennifer Granholm, who tried to deflect blame and put the blame on the winter storm, I guess the winter storm that's hit the Midwest today, is the reason you're paying more for your gas. Joe Concha understands that Jennifer Granholm, like Pete Buttigieg, isn't qualified. But like Pete Buttigieg is running the transportation department, Jennifer Granholm has no business being the energy secretary of this country. But hey, she said nice things about Joe Biden when she was on CNN, I guess, when she was a pundit, and she was governor of Michigan before that. So of course, she should be the energy secretary in this administration and running the energy department when she has no actual experience in, you know, energy. She's like the Hunter Biden of this administration. (laughs) Great analogy, Joe Concha. She's like the Hunter Biden of this administration. No experience, no experience needed, but you get a very important, prestigious, high-paying job. That was Hunter Biden. Except he was breaking laws left and right while he was doing it. I don't know about Granholm. All she did was kiss up and was a liberal governor. 
So I suppose there's a difference. I suppose. I'm never 100% sure anymore. But what I am sure of is that Al Gore is a raving, ranting lunatic. Now, we've played the clips of what he said at that World Economic Forum. The insanity of claiming that the way we're treating our climate, we're trapping heat in, and it will be the equivalent of 600,000 Hiroshima bombs, atomic bombs, per day in the world. The oceans are boiling, he said. They're not. If you've ever stuck your foot in the ocean, you'll understand it's not boiling. It's cold. But he doubled down on his stupidity when he was being interviewed over the weekend. And he compared those of us who believe the climate change thing is nothing more than a hoax, and it is, to the Uvalde policemen and women who stood outside the grade school in Uvalde when the shooting took place. You couldn't stoop any lower than Gore does. Climate deniers uh, uh, are really in some ways similar to all of those uh, almost 400 law enforcement officers in Uvalde, Texas, who were waiting outside an unlocked door uh, while the children were being massacred. Wow. He has gotten so much social media heat from that and should. But what really should happen is that no one should ever have him on a show to interview him anymore. Make Al Gore into exactly what he is, completely and totally irrelevant. We want you to hear what he says to give evidence that he is irrelevant and he is a lunatic. We love to use their own words to describe their lunacy. And they do it for us. It's much more effective if Gore tells you what a nutcase he is than if I tell you he is. Admitting you're nuts is really something rare. But these people, these liberals, do it every day. And we simply supply it. We want you to know how bizarre they are, how insane they are. Al Gore qualifies as insane. And you talk about low. If I'm a cop and I ever have to help Al Gore out of anything, he can kiss my ass. And if I'm a Secret Service agent, and I don't know if former vice presidents get Secret Service details. They probably do. But if I'm an agent on his detail, I really don't care. I'm not lifting a finger to help that low-rent son of a buck. He's pathetic. That should angry every cop listening in this audience. What a low-rent SOB he is, and he is low-rent. Rents are high in this country today. Gore figures the low-rent of them all. If he owns something, he should charge low-rent, just like he is. He wasn't the only nutcase over there in Davos, Switzerland, though. We told you how John Kerry, and we listened to his words, tell you how special he is and how the other people there are very special. He called them all special human beings. That would make the planet better and save the planet. I mean, you can't get past the arrogance of these people. It's off the charts. But it's also a sitcom. And we listened to some woman named Nita Farahaney tell us about 
the experiments they want to do on our brains with technology, it sounds like the ravings and rantings of a lunatic mad scientist. Artificial intelligence has enabled advances in decoding brain activity in ways that we never before thought possible. After all, what you think, what you feel, it's all just data. Data that in large patterns can be decoded using artificial intelligence. We're not talking about implanted devices of the future. I'm talking about wearable devices that are like Fitbits for your brain. Earbuds, headphones, tiny tattoos that you can wear behind your ear. We can pick up emotional states like are you happy or sad or angry? We can pick up and decode faces that you're seeing in your mind. Simple shapes, numbers, your PIN number to your bank account. Meta acquired this company, Control Labs, in 2019 because major tech companies are investing in helping to make these devices universally applicable as the way in which we interact with the rest of our technology. If you're not frightened by that, you cannot be frightened. You heard it right. She wants to get the PIN number to your bank account using this technology. She wants to know what you're thinking. She wants to know if you're happy, if you're sad, if you're angry, what shapes you're thinking about. The last person I want to allow an insight into my thinking is the government. And these mad scientists who are complete lunatics gone off the deep end. Where the water is cold, Gore, it's not hot. You heard her right. They want you to wear a device that will allow them to tap into your brain, for God's sakes, and obtain your PIN number to your bank account. This is how brazen they are that they admit what they're up to. Why can they feel that way? Because we do nothing. Nothing. Isn't that beautiful? A police officer just texted me that the vice presidents are not entitled to Secret Service protection. So, I guess up to 16 or six months after the vice president's term in office has ended, they get it, but that's it. But that woman should need Secret Service protection. Somebody's going to bump her off. I'm going to follow that and see if someone does. I'm not encouraging murder. I'm just telling you the facts. People like her are ruining tons of people's lives, and they want to ruin them even more. It only takes one to snap. That would be the fear I'd have if I were these arrogant, pompous asses. They're going to control your brain? Remember when I told you that the, the hoax of the COVID thing was simply a matter of them making a test run to see how they could manipulate us. The test run proved overwhelmingly successful because when they enlisted their media friends, and that includes Fox, to stir the fear-mongering pot, then everybody jumped in line. They couldn't wait to take a shot that they knew nothing about, even though they were warned that it was an experimental, experimental drug. They still jumped in line to take it because the government told them to. 
Then the government said, wear a mask. Knowing full well the masks do not work. They do not prevent anything. And they're not, they don't prevent you from getting infected. And they don't prevent you from infecting others. But people jumped out and got masks. All kinds of masks. Then they told you, stand six feet apart. What did people do? They dutifully stood six feet apart. Because we have Stepford people in this country. And if you ask somebody today, someone that you know, why'd you get that vaccine? You can imagine. They're going to look at you like you're a criminal. Even though their fellow vaccinators are dying because of it. I can tell you this. Nobody that didn't get that shot is dying because they didn't get that shot. Nobody. Not one single person. You know why? Because even the elderly, who have serious comorbidities in many cases, and they get another virus, and they die as a result of all of those things working together against them, wouldn't be saved by that shot. So not getting the shot didn't harm them either. No one who didn't get the shot was harmed. Wait to hear the numbers of how many people have been. Dr. Marty McCary will give them to you a little bit later on in the show. But now, I told you they were trying to see how they could manipulate us, and they did. Boy, it was more successful than they could have ever dreamed. But now they want your brain. They've seen the test run. The results are in, and it is spectacular for them. And now it's your brain next. They want your bank account. It's not enough that they're taxing your ass into oblivion. They want your bank account. (laughs) Unbelievable. And she said so. She wants your PIN number. Some of these people will just say, well, I don't need to wear a device. You want my PIN number? Here it is. I mean, you're the government. I trust you. I'm telling you, I think these people in Davos are just a pack of lunatic mad scientists. And, of course, none of them are actual scientists. Al Gore thinks he's a scientist. He's not. He's about as much a scientist as Fauci. He's treated as many patients in the last 30 years. So now they want your to control your brain. They want your bank account PIN number. They want everything else. They want you to pay more taxes so that they can steal more money and waste more money. Kevin McCarthy, who's the new Speaker of the House, had the courage to stand up to what he has said he would do so far. Everything the new House has done have been promises made by McCarthy that he has kept. I tip my hat to him. I don't trust him, but I tip my hat so far. One of those promises was that Adam Schiff, because of his serial lying, specifically with regard to the Russian hoax, Russia, Russia, Russia against President Trump, and Eric Swalwell, who's in bed with a Chinese spy, that neither one of them would be on any committee, that they have forfeited their opportunity because of their own behavior. But Adam Schiff says, you think that's going to stop me? I'm still going to lie. If McCarthy believes this will somehow stop me from... Uh, pointing out when they abuse their power, when they endanger the country, uh, it's not going to stop me at all. Uh, and I will simply work with Leader Jeffries to find new ways to continue holding them to account. Yeah. 
new ways to lie. I'll speak with leader Jeffries and find new ways to hold them to account. You haven't held anybody to account. Who have you held to account, tough guy? Nobody. You thought you were a badass. You thought you were going to bring down President Trump. You didn't. You lost. You failed miserably. All you did was expose yourself to the entire country as the serial liar that you are. And now as a result of your serial lying, your ass has been kicked off every committee, which you and I all know, folks, is killing this guy. He's so flippin' arrogant, he can't stand it. He has gotten his comeuppance in a major way. Carpe diem, Kevin McCarthy. What about it, McCarthy, for Dumb and Dumber, Schiff and Swalwell? Adam Schiff openly lied to the American public. He put America for four years through an impeachment that he knew was a lie. If you got the briefing I got from the FBI, you wouldn't have Swalwell on any committee. Carpe double diem, Kevin McCarthy. I can only imagine what that briefing said. And Swalwell and Schiffer wallowing in the mud like the pigs they are, screeching because they've been booted. That's a sexy thing, actually. I mean, if McCarthy did anything that would make me love him for the rest of his life, that's it. I just love it. Absolutely love it. And, of course, while we're talking about criminals, we should never forget and we're going to get into this Hunter Biden email that shows you that he had access to classified materials. But we should never forget what started it all over in Ukraine was the arrogance, the utter arrogance of Joe Wuhan Willie O'Talabiden with regard to threatening the Ukrainian uh, hierarchy and holding a billion dollars from them. supposed to announce that there is another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, I said I'm not going to, or we're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. Can you be any more arrogant than that guy? I mean, really. Can you be any more corrupt than that guy? I, I think it's very difficult to be more corrupt. And it's impossible to lie more than he is. And it's real difficult to be more arrogant. Although Schiff gives him a run for his money. Obama gives him a run for his money. You know, I'll say this about Clinton, Bill Clinton, I mean. He was a sleazeball, but he had a successful presidency. Perhaps it was the the way the markets turned when he got in there. I don't know. I know the economy started to bounce back under H.W. Bush. But you have to give Clinton credit for that because he was in office when it all really flourished. And he was a slimy uh, sleazeball when it came to his personal life. Not that I care, because as long as it didn't affect his decisions, it's none of my business. But here's what I'll say for him. I never found him to be as utterly arrogant as these two, Obama and Biden. 
Their arrogance jumps off the chart. Biden wasn't called Slick Willie because he was arrogant. He was called Slick Willie because he operated under the radar, or so he thought. He wasn't openly arrogant like his wife and like these two morons. He was a slick politician. But the arrogance of these people. So he threatened Ukraine to fire the prosecutor that was investigating his son and his son's company that his son was making $83,000 a month for so he could support his drug habit. But here's what's very interesting. At that time in 2014, Devin Archer was in business with Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden, who needed money for his crack habit, emails Devin Archer, the strategic value is to create a land bridge for RU, now I don't know who RU is, to Crimea. That won't directly affect Burisma Holdings, but it will limit future UK exploration and utilization of offshore opportunities in particular. It will also result in further destabilization of the UK nationally and for whoever government is in power, whatever government is in power. And the U.S. will respond with even stronger sanctions. Those sanctions will threaten the tenuous support of the EU, which does not have the political will to incur steep energy price increases. Now, that email sounds like it came from a president or maybe a vice president. Clearly, that kind of an email, that kind of a document would be classified. It's giving away our position and what we will do. What kind of sanctions will take? Even stronger, says Hunter Biden in the email, the United States. It's like he's talking as though he's running the country. I'm told by a research assistant, RU is Russia. So when he said the strategic value is to create a land bridge for Russia to Crimea, that's what he was talking about. So this is all United States strategy that he is blabbering about to his business partner. I'm telling you, all roads lead back to this laptop. Miranda Devine, help us. What strikes you about that email? Look, this email is like nothing else that Hunter has written in the entire nine years covered by the laptop. It is extremely long, 1,300 words. It's very detailed, very well informed, well written. Um, You know, it reads like an official document, even it reads like a classified document. There's information in there that's not readily available. He sounds very knowledgeable and uh, very breezy about it. And you have to remember that this is at a time a month before he joined the Burisma board. He needed money desperately and uh, to feed his drug habit. And uh, they were going to pay him $83,000 a month to do not very much. And obviously they were paying for his proximity to his father and he was showing, as he never did again, uh, his value to them. And of course, having access to classified information um, would make his price much higher. Yeah, I think the debate over whether Hunter Biden had access to daddy's classified documents in the garage is over when you read that email. That's it. Now, how, e- how easy would it be to prove that, Miranda Devine, for the special prosecutor? It's very easy, I think, for the special counsel, Robert Hur, to immediately just clear up whether or not um, Hunter had access 
to classified information by just cross-matching that email and other information on the laptop with the information in those classified documents that uh, have been discovered at five different locations uh, in Joe Biden's home and his office at the University of Pennsylvania. Um, it should be pretty clear. Uh, we know a bare minimum about those classified documents, but what we do know is that they pertained to at least the first tranche to Ukraine, to the United Kingdom and to Iran. Now, this particular email talks about Ukraine and the United Kingdom. Yes, it does. And where else would he get that information? At the very least, he took pictures or, or made copies of those classified documents. He knew the strategy of the United States in those situations. That how the United States would provide stronger sanctions. I didn't know that. Did you know that? The president knows that. The vice president, his inner circle knows that. But who else? Hunter Biden, obviously. He knew it. And now his business partner knew it. Devin Archer. There's no evidence that Devin Archer did anything with that information. Good for him. But I think we end the discussion now as to whether Hunter Biden is guilty also of a felony. These two belong in jail in any rational country that has a, an honest or fair or decent judicial system. Unfortunately, we do not. We have one of the most corrupt judicial systems in the history of the world. It is corrupt by the appointing of judges. Judges should have to be elected, not appointed, ever. Maybe the Supreme Court, but everything else should be an election. Let people decide who they want judging them. Not some clown who puts a robe on who took a whole bunch of money or gave a whole bunch of money to a particular candidate in return for him being a judge or her being a judge. Why would we ever get into that scenario? Elect the judges. Ryan is up. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? Kevin, I'm doing well, young man. How are you? I don't think I could be better. It's snowing, and I'm always happy when it snows. Well, you could be me, boss. I'm actually in Scottsdale, Arizona, for a nice long golf trip this week. Well, I, don't, uh, I, I would love to be playing golf. I'll have to admit that. But for now, I love the snow. Well, yeah, I, I, we missed it. Uh, we missed it just in time. Darn the luck. Uh, 65 and sunny at uh, Greyhawk Golf Club out here today. So, Yeah, but you know what? It'll be 65 and sunny at Greyhawk every day. But you'll not get <laughs> snow every day. That's true. <laughs> hey, um, I was thinking about this listening to you just now, and I uh, I said, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I could rob a bank at gunpoint on the evening news, of course, live for all the world to see. And that in itself still wouldn't be plain insight, blatant evidence of a crime as much as what the Biden family does on a regular basis. It's pretty amazing. Uh, and yet then they have the media and their Democrat colleagues, in many cases, trying to defend their behavior, which is so laughable. Yeah. And and you are, I, I again, I, I, I'm flying out here. It's a nice three-hour-plus flight from St. Louis, and you're going to love this. I'm watching Fox News on Southwest Airlines, and I have somebody sitting in the middle seat next to me that complete and total stranger, Kevin, that looks to me as – says, I can't believe you're watching that garbage. <laughs> and, of course, I, I have no idea, so I can't wait to entertain this. I say, by garbage, what do you mean? 
Fox News. And I I had a moment there, Kevin, where I said to myself, okay, this could go in two different directions. I could really have some fun with this moron, uh, or I could try to, to take a verbally high road. And I finally said, you know, I'm not always the biggest fan of Fox News, but at least they're not liberals. And the guy just kind of looked at me, stuck one eyebrow up in his air, and put his own headphones back in. I said, well, probably a good idea. I think so, I would have added something knowing me. I would have probably said, excuse me, what business is it of yours what I'm watching? Yeah. I mean, as a liberal, you think you own my thought process. That's your problem. So put your headphones back on and shut your fucking mouth. That's what I would have said. I'm a little different. I just got, you know, I'm not sure I, you know, I don't want to talk to strangers ever a whole lot on planes, let alone interrupt them. Well, that's why our parents taught us never to talk to strangers right there. You've just given a good example. Well, and the uh, the other thing I was going to say is I would push back a little bit uh, while on Bill Clinton. While I, I agree with you, he uh, I've said that statement many, many times, actually. I think he was a piece of shit as a, as a human being, but that's none of my business. I do think he did really well as a president, uh, but he may not have been too er- very arrogant or cocky at that time, but he is extremely arrogant and full of himself now, and that wench that he's married with might be the most arrogant human being on the planet. Yeah, she's bad news. Now, you're not disagreeing with me because I, I, I exempted her. I was talking about him. I said, he's not like her. Yeah. She is well, She is a nightmare from the get-go, and she is more than arrogant, actually. I mean, she well, might I, she might be the most arrogant person uh, in, in politics today. I would say other than Obama, there is no bigger piece of shit than Hillary Clinton. I just can't. She's right there. So I forgot about Obama. Yeah, when you come, when you talk about arrogance, I mean it's another level when you come to Obama, Biden, and Hillary Clinton. No, it's you're not kidding level. there. Uh, last thing I'll tell you is that I think uh, you know getting out here. I love getting out to these new states, new areas, um, and it's always interesting to uh, see the demographic. And again, getting off the plane, uh, there was a, a sign that said basically promoting the local Democratic Party out here on a billboard. And I thought to myself, how often do you see those things? How often do you see an actual sales ad basically promoting politics? <laughs> and I just, I just said to myself, I, I, you know, times have definitely changed. Oh yeah, they have. So. Oh yeah, they Kevin, have. Kevin, I'm playing 36 holes of golf today, and I'm going to have a cocktail or two, and maybe, uh, maybe a birdie as well every now and then, and I'm going to enjoy myself. Wouldn't it be funny if you got to the first tee and? Maybe you're not, you don't have a foursome, so they try to group other people up, and that guy you were sitting next to all of a sudden is your golfing uh, uh, teammate. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, hopefully refunds are available on the spot. <laughs> or Appreciate what, it, Kevin. I'm, or Kevin, once I'm you get out, out in the woods, all... once you get out in the woods, wrap a five iron around his neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he got bit by a rattlesnake. I didn't yeah, know. I don't know what happened. Uh, I'm going to be out here till, till Thursday, actually, next week, and I'm going to be listening every day. So uh, keep up the good work, buddy. I appreciate it, Ryan. Uh, hit him straight and have fun. Thanks, bud. Bye-bye now. That's amazing, isn't it? But that's how liberals are. We've said this over and over and over again. They think your business is theirs. That's a scary thing. That's how warped they are. Now, I can promise you, if I were sitting on a plane next to someone and they were watching CNN, the last thing I would say to them is, A, anything. But I certainly wouldn't say, I can't believe you're watching that crap. Because I don't pretend to control their life. Watch whatever you want, dude. 
I'm not going to say anything about it. Why would I? I don't believe, I'm not under the misconception that I control someone else's life or thoughts. But they are. They really believe that they should have a comment about what you do or what your your TV habits are. It's incredible. That's why I would have made sure there was no mistaking what I thought of that big mouth. What a com- this is how these people are. They're sickening. That's why I don't engage them. You can't talk to these people unless you end up in a fight. You literally end up in a fist fight with these people. Because back where I came from, you don't put up with that crap. I don't know who they think they are, but they really believe they're special. And if you know a liberal, you know a person just like that. Don't kid yourself. Don't think your friends who are liberals are different. They're more friendly. Uh, they're cool. No, they're not. The entire group of them, 100% of them, are psychopaths. I'm not talking about the old-time Democrats. I'm talking about the, today's psychos, the ones who are brainwashed and indoctrinated by the MSNB hee-haws and the CNNs. Where else do you get that Fox News is crap? You could have said to this guy, and I wish Ryan would have thought of this, how would you know? Do you watch it? That would have been an interesting answer, wouldn't it have? Well, Ron DeSantis is one of us, and he has, on many occasions, stepped into the curriculum of these schools in the state of Florida and said, "Uh uh-uh, it ain't happening here. There aren't going to be any of your perverted sex books in the schools. Those are gone. Of course, then he was accused of being a Nazi book burner by all the freaky liberals. What he did was save the children. And now they wanted to teach critical race theory. They claimed it was black history. And what did they try to inject into that? We'll let the governor tell us. This course on black history, what are one of, what's one of the lessons about? Queer theory. Now, who would say that an important part of black history is queer theory? That is somebody pushing an agenda on our kids. They have stuff about intersectionality, abolishing prisons. That's a political agenda. When you try to use black history to shoehorn in queer theory, uh, you are clearly trying to use that uh, for political purposes. You are clearly a mental case. He didn't say that, but I'll say it. There's really something drastically wrong with you as a human being when you try that. Something else DeSantis objects to, and every every teacher on earth should object to, these students, and when did this become okay? They keep their phones in the classroom. He doesn't like it. Why are these kids on their phones during class all the time? I mean, I think a school district would be totally within their rights to say, you know what, leave your phone in some cubby or something, go sit in class, learn, and then if you get it at recess and you want to text people, fine. But they should not be always on their phones. No, they shouldn't. And it should be left in the locker. That's what should happen. Um, I'm hearing from some folks that the signal's getting lost. Um, I was warned by Charter in an email last night that because of the storm, they expect outages. So if it's going in and out, hopefully that's all it's doing, and you won't lose it. But carpe diem, Governor DeSantis. Who would allow a kid to have a phone in the classroom? Woke schools, that's who. 
Schools that have superintendents and principals that don't have the spine a human being was born with. You tell them, get the phones out of the classroom now or go home. And if I were a parent of a kid who didn't have their phone in there, I'd be screaming bloody murder at the principal. My kid's here to get an education. They're not here to listen to people on their phones or watch people texting. And if I'm a teacher, how dare you disrespect me like that? So I blame the teachers and the schools. I used to take the side of the teachers in almost everything. Now I take their side in virtually nothing because they've been exposed. Now, of course, uh, Governor DeSantis needed approval from the hierarchy of The View before he forms any opinions. Whoopi Goldberg, another woman by the name of Audie Cornish. And then you'll hear from Don Lamont and some other View guest host, Rachel Lindsay, because Governor DeSantis is obviously a racist. Ron DeSantis is now running a state where he decides what can be taught. Yeah, schools are not. I'm not sure. Well, now because you got a lot of racism going on and a little bit of insanity. Well, already I'm seeing some activists call this "Don't Say Black." Like the idea that he's going to, like the "Don't Say uh, Gay" bill, that you can somehow draw lines in the classroom. I don't think Ron DeSantis is qualified to make those judgments. So slavery uh, became illegal. Now it's going to be illegal to teach slavery in schools. It's racism. That's We've seen it happen before. When black people were brought from Africa over here, forced to be here, they erased our culture from us. That's what you're doing right now in education. When did anybody erase black culture when they came over here from Africa? I don't remember that. Slavery was going on. It was horrible. But that's not erasing black culture. What culture did you have when you arrived here as a slave? Did the Slave owners say, by the way, whatever culture you had before, you don't have it now. We're erasing it. These people just make stuff up. By the way, here's how dumb those people are that you just heard. Don Lamont, chief among them. Oh, so we uh, we banned this, now we're banning this. Um, you're, you're not banning black history, asshat. You're banning queer theory disguised as black history. Do you not get the difference? Maybe you're slow. In fact, there's no maybe. You are slow. But you're right in there with an intellectual level of Whoopi Goldberg. That should make you feel good. And that last psycho, Rachel Lindsay, who's a bigoted racist from the get-go. Let's call it what it is. It's racism. So somehow, Ron DeSantis doesn't want queer theory disguised as black history being taught in his schools in Florida. And that makes him a racist. Try to follow that logic if you can. I know it's almost impossible. And the other woman, this Audie Cornish, who says Ron DeSantis isn't qualified to make that decision. But she is. I got news for you, lady. Let me tell you why Ron DeSantis is qualified to make the decision. The people of Florida elected him to make that decision. I understand that in a dictatorial world that you live in, you think you can determine for yourself who gets to make the decision. You can't. It's called an election. I know you want to make the call because you're so smart, but another black female racist is all you are. He is the actual person who gets to make the decision, who is the most qualified because he's the governor. 
whether the governor makes bad decisions or good decisions, he's the most qualified to make them because the people gave him the power to do so. A basic understanding of how this country works would help these lunatics that populate the view and those those utter imbeciles in the audience. The people on the view have single-digit IQs, every one of them. The people in the audience are below zero. They're like, when the temperatures get below zero, that's how their brain is. It's frozen solid. Manny Diaz is the Florida Education Commissioner. He sees nothing wrong with what the governor wants to do. Hey, uh, the governor wants to empower teachers in their classrooms so the students can learn, and he wants to basically do stand your ground for teachers so they can actually keep control of the classroom and teach. Students can have their cell phones put away. They can use them during the break. But why are they interrupting lessons, getting on apps or texting other people? The governor's right. We have to maintain the uh, academic integrity of our classrooms. What kid, what app, what text is so important that you're doing it while you're in class? There is none. So you put your phone in your locker, if you want to bring it to school, fine, at lunchtime or if young kids today have them at recess, go ahead, use it to your heart's content. But when that bell rings and you enter a classroom, that's it. In fact, you don't even bring it in. The phone goes in the locker. And don't give me this, well, what if there's a family emergency? We all grew up. Family emergencies happen sometimes. We didn't have so much as a phone, not a cell phone, a phone in the school. You might have had one pay phone down in the cafeteria. Good luck getting on that if something happens. What happened in an emergency situation today is just exactly what happened when I was going to school. Your parents called the school. They know how to get hold of you. The school knows where you are. They know what class you're in. So there is no reason whatsoever to have a phone in a classroom. None. And anyone who does should face severe consequences in that school. In fact, they should be suspended for at least a week, the first time. Second time, you're out for a month. Third time, you're expelled. See, these are simple solutions to these, what I consider not even to be a problem. Kids having phones in the classroom is not a problem for me. I'll erase it as quick as you can say Ticonderoga, if thou can say Ticonderoga. That's an old Three Stooges reference. Because these people are stooges whose kids have cell phones in the classroom. So you have it, you're suspended from school for a week. You bring it in a second time, it's a month. Third time, that's your third strike, you're expelled. End of story. Guess what the result would be to that, by the way? No kid would be bringing their cell phone into class. You don't beg them. You don't ask their permission to leave it out in the locker. You tell them. You order them. You're running the school. You're in charge. They're not. It's amazing that we have to lecture education people, superintendents, principals, teachers on this topic. Why would I have to educate them? Are they that stupid? The answer is yes, they are. Or they're that cowardly. Oh, the kid, little Bobby wants to bring his phone into class. What shall I do? (laughs) Then you've got a governor who knows nothing about anything, and that would be slick boy Gavin Newsom. He's so upset over this shooting, this Asian shooting other Asians, despite the fact that all the political hacks and the liberal media called it a white supremacist, 
before they found out he was an Asian. Newsom claims that because of these guns, these damn guns, that it was predictable. And wait to hear what he says about the Second Amendment. Nothing about this is surprising. Everything about this is infuriating. The Second Amendment is becoming a suicide pact, it seems like. The Second Amendment is becoming a suicide pact. Can someone even explain to me what that means? I understand he's a flaming liberal fruitcake from California who hates anybody having their own gun. I get that. But does it make any sense whatsoever to say that the Second Amendment is a suicide pact? What does that even mean? Does that mean because it gives you the right to own and carry certain guns that you're all going to kill yourself with them? I don't see any pattern of that. It would seem to me that, and I don't know this for a fact, but it's just my guess, that most suicides are done through drugs. Most people don't want to blow their own head off. Some people do. But most people who are depressed and who want to exit the li- this life, they do it in a more humane way. They, they overdose. You don't see them walk around stabbing themselves. Some do shoot themselves. But how? I don't get it. The Second Amendment is a suicide pact. What do you even mean, you moron? Less gel in your hair, more brains in your head. I, I would say that's my suggestion to Newsom. But he blamed the shooting, of course, his nonsense, on the Republicans. Where's the Republican Party been on gun safety reform? They blocked it every step of the way. One state can't do it alone. Shame on them. And shame on those that allow and perpetuate that to be rewarded politically. Shame on them. Shame on these judges. You deserve better. We deserve better. Shame on the people who voted for them. That's what he said. Shame on the judges. What did the judges do? (laughs) I mean, I'm not a big fan of the judiciary in this country at all. I think it's corrupt to a T. But what, what did they do here? Judge didn't go out and shoot people. Some crazy Asian guy shot people. He worked on a weed farm. Maybe he should start looking into that, Net Newsom. Maybe not the proliferation of weed everywhere at every street corner would help in that situation. You wouldn't have people getting whacked out on weed. But it, it seems to me that Newsom's on weed every day. I don't believe anybody could be that dumb otherwise. Again, let me remind him, since he criticizes the Republicans and blames them, blames the voters, blames the judges. Who, how many people did he blame in that, for that shooting? Not the Asian murderer, but he blamed the Republicans. He blamed the people who vote for Republicans, and he blamed the judges. Never did he say, I should do better. He said, we deserve better. You're the boss of California. You're the governor. And while we're at it, you have a state legislature that is overwhelmingly Democrat. Not one top official in the state of California is Republican. Not one. California has the strictest gun laws on the books of any state in this country. So what exactly is he whining about? If you don't like what California has, you can change it. You have unmitigated power in the state legislature. Change it. You crybaby. You stuck pig. Again, quit staring in the mirror, combing and gelling your hair, and get something done. Victor Davis Hanson is a fellow at the Hoover Institute at Stanford University. Now, you'd think he'd be a liberal, 
but he's not. But he is in California. What kind of a lunatic is Gavin Newsom? He lives in an alternate uh, universe when he blames Republicans. He's in charge of the state. Not one single Republican statewide official. He has super Democratic majorities in both houses of the legislature. It's his state. It was Dianne Feinstein, Nancy Pelosi, Jerry Brown, Barbara Boxer, Gavin Newsom. They all come out of the same wealthy Bay Area elite that are never subject to the consequences of their own ideology. So he's a performance art governor. So if there's a flood and he didn't build reservoirs, which the voters voted for, then he talks about climate change. When there's shootings, he talks about gun control. <laughs> they voted for these reservoirs and he didn't put them in. That's a typical arrogant liberal. Typical arrogant liberal. I don't care what you voted for. I'm not doing it because I control you. And so when the floods predictably come, he talks about climate change. It was climate change that caused them. It was the winter storm that caused gas prices to go up. This is how these people talk. And I'm now convinced that they actually believe their own nonsense. And it is nonsense. It's not even worth hearing. But as I mentioned earlier in the show, Newsom is now trying to tax you if you left California. If you're a millionaire or a billionaire and you live in, like I said earlier, Kalamazoo, Michigan now, you've left California, you've been gone for five years. He wants to tax you, what he calls a wealth tax. Charles Payne, who I respect on any economic information more than anyone else, tried to explain it. If you leave the state, they can still tax you. It's, a, it's like that song, Hotel California. You can check out any time yeah. you like, but your wallet can never leave, right? And, and it's really nuts. So what they did the first couple of times, a couple of years ago, a few proposals, they started low, right? $30 million, then down to the single-digit millions. This one is an extra wealth tax. So they'll start with the billionaires first, and they'll take a big chunk out of all of their assets. They'll add them all up. And then uh, and a couple of years, it goes down to $50 million. You and I have seen this movie before. Uh, at some point, it would go from $50 million to $20 million to $10 million to $1 million to $400,000. You cannot leave the state. So you can't afford your electric vehicle. So you can't afford a mortgage. So you can't afford all the taxes you just laid out. Too bad. You shouldn't have been here. You shouldn't have been here, right? And Californians are learning that. I should have never lived there. This freak is going to try to tax me long after I'm gone. And why am I gone, by the way? Because of his policies. More people have fled California, 300,000 last year, than any other state in the Union. I would almost venture a guess if you combine all the other states, it probably wouldn't be that high. But more have left there than any place else. Now, why are they leaving the beautiful sunshine, the rolling mountains of California? Why, why would they be leaving the beaches? The Pacific Ocean, the warm, gentle ocean breeze. You don't need an air conditioner in San Diego. You got that beautiful, nice, warm breeze that comes in. Why, why are people leaving? Because of him. You don't leave a place that's cool. You don't leave a place that's good to you or good for you. You leave a place because you can't stand it anymore. And I know that Republicans start worrying about Californians moving to Texas or to Florida or some other red state. And I say, don't worry about that. They're not bringing their governor's liberal psychotic policies to your new place. No one flees Auschwitz 
to go to Dachau, right? You flee Auschwitz because you're getting the hell out of there. You don't want anything like that in your life again. No one in St. Louis flees North County because it was so great, and it was great at one time. It was a magical place and a magical time where I grew up. But people flee North County because it's a war zone now. That's why. And do they want to take that with them to St. Charles County? Of course not. You leave it behind. So I don't worry about transplanted Californians. Some of them might be a little ass backward, but they're not going to be in favor of these lunatic policies that made them leave. If they are, they're a special kind of stupid. They're well beyond insanity. Wow. That's bizarre stuff, isn't it? It really is. And, of course, one of the gun-taking brigade or the brigadiers is Jerry Rivera, who decided to make his gun idiocy known to Pete Hegseth, who is a veteran who knows just a tad bit about guns and what their purpose is and what purpose it serves. And so he and Geraldo decided to trade ideas. Geraldo started it by calling uh, the AR-15 an assault weapon. Assault rifle. It's not an assault rifle. It's the same as any other rifle. It just looks a little bit different. So you're intimidated because it looks like rifles that I carried in the infantry in the military. You know where I feel the least safe, Geraldo? The least safe. In my life, I live in Tennessee now, which has constitutional carry. Not a moment in Tennessee am I worried about my personal safety or the safety of my family. But when I go to New York City, which is a gun-free zone, I'm at the whim of criminals who carry guns all over the city. The cops are demoralized to defend me. I have no ability to defend myself. How is that freedom? Carpe diem, Pete Hegseth. It's so right. But it's easy to debate an imbecile like Jerry Rivera. You want to talk about single-digit IQs? There's a single-digit IQ guy, by the way, who made a lot of money. So if you're a single-digit IQ person like him, have the faith. You can make a lot of money, too. That's the beauty of the United States. That's the beauty of our free enterprise system, capitalism. Even dumbasses can make a lot of money, and he's proof. And he's an embarrassment to his family and to everyone who knows him. But he made a lot of money, being as dumb as he is. Biden has a new agreement, a lengthy agreement, with Mexico regarding our border. Now, what kind of an agreement do you suppose he has? Well, he talks about the six pillars that are in this agreement. Well, Jim Banks, a congressman, and Congresswoman Ashley Hinson got a look at this long, lengthy document. They're going to tell you what it doesn't have, and then Ashley Hinson will tell you what it does have. Nowhere in the six pillars agreement between President Biden and the president of Mexico is the word fentanyl mentioned by name. Not a single time will you find the word fentanyl in the six pillars agreement. Topping the list, diversity, equity, and inclusion, climate change, and integrating gender perspectives into disaster response. We do not need to be worried about gender inclusivity at our border. We need to be worried about securing our southern border. Carpe diem to you guys. Can you imagine? We've got people running across the border, demoralizing and terrorizing our cities illegally 
because a corrupt president allows them to, and his agreement with Mexico is for more diversity and whatever else nonsense that was in there. What the F? I mean, honestly, what the F? Unbelievable. And now Fauci is trying to exert power even after he supposedly is gone. He's continuing to press the White House on COVID stuff. And so they're just about to try to invoke on us a yearly booster shot, complete with mandates, I'm certain. Dr. Marty McCary has some interesting thoughts on this and what Fauci is trying to force on us. We need an indefinite vaccination policy for life. That means a 12-year-old girl will get 60 mRNA vaccine doses in her average lifetime. And they're ignoring the 1 in 5,000 risk of myocarditis in young males. They're ignoring the 1 in 800 risk of severe adverse events. Now, these are well documented. These are from big studies. This is no longer an idea or a, a small anecdotal experience. And all this for a bivalent vaccine for which we don't know the efficacy. There's no randomized control trial. And the FDA advisors that you mentioned learned that Moderna was hiding data that the bivalent vaccine they developed actually had more infections in the vaccine arm of the trial than in the placebo arm. And they're pretty upset that they didn't see that data. I would hope they are. Can you imagine? They ignore the 1 in 5,000 myocarditis. Now, you say to yourself, well, gosh, that, that doesn't sound like a lot, 1 in 5,000. Really? Take that, extrapolate that out to the 360 million people in this country. Now, they're not all young males, but a lot of them are. And when you when you have a myocarditis event, I just want to explain this to everybody. You die. You don't pick the phone up, call 911, say, hurry up and come and save me. You're dead. You hit the floor and you're dead. It's immediate. There is no warning. You're just gone. He said they're ignoring the 1 in 800 severe medical events that take place. It's one in every 800 who get vaccinated are having a severe reaction. One in 800. So let's say you're a student at a university. Just figure that out. Let's say Mizzou has 25,000 students. They might have more. They might have a few less. One out of every 800 that takes that shot is going to have a severe reaction. That's a lot. One out of every 5,000, if they have 5,000, uh, excuse me, 25,000, they're not all young males, but half of them are. Let's just say 50% are young males. That's 12,000. That means two of them are going to die. Two students randomly selected on the University of Missouri campus will die if they take that shot. Pretty spooky. But it doesn't stop them. They don't care. Couldn't care less. How about what Dr. McCary said? A 12-year-old girl... Starting today, if Fauci's draconian injections of one a year, by the time she's, um, or how many did he say, 60 by the time she's some, some age. Imagine being injected that many times with something, by the way, that you don't need. 
And how else will it mess up your life? We've heard monumentally high numbers of people who are everything from women being able to reproduce. That's what we want. Let's just do that. Well, that's the liberals' way of causing abortions. They just won't let you have any. All right, folks, I do want you to know that even though it's snowing, you can still get to a locally owned and operated Taco Bell. Or you can call one of those services, Uber Eats. That works. You can get a dollar grilled breakfast burrito with bacon bits off their dollar crave menu that's open right now. Lunch also. Dinner, late night. All four times. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, late night. You can also get a double stuffed taco off the dollar crave menu or grande burrito. And there's a lot more. They have a $5 crave menu as well. But for breakfast, they also have a breakfast quesadilla. Under $2. You think it's more than that if you put steak on it? A little bit. Under $3, though. Two different AM Crunch Wraps are under 3 bucks. So is a Grande Scrambler. The Mexican pizza's back. Maybe that's a perfect thing for today. Run up to Taco Bell, one of the locally owned and operated locations. Grab yourself a couple of Mexican pizzas for the family. Watch a movie. Kind of makes you want to watch a Christmas movie today. I believe in locally owned and operated businesses getting our support. And here are the locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations in Missouri. They're in the Chesterfield Valley, Washington, St. Clair, Union, Jackson, Cape Girardeau. In Illinois, they're in Waterloo, Decatur, the state capital, Springfield, Carbondale, the home of the Salukis, Ducoin, the home of the State Fair, Troy, Salem, Jerseyville, and Columbia, the home of Anbar Golf Course. Those are all locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations. All right, we'll be back with more, including your phone calls, 636-538-0746. A little winter wonderland going on outside. Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight Walking in the winter wonderland Gone away is the bluebird Here to stay is an Uber He sings a love song as we go along Walking in the winter wonderland In the meadow we can build a snowman Then pretend that he is Parson Brown You'll say, are you married? We'll say, no, man. But you can do the job when you're in town. Later on, we'll conspire as we dream by the fire. To face unafraid the plans that we made. Walking in the winter wonderland. Over the ground. Lies a mantle of white A heaven of diamonds Shine down through the night Two hearts are thrilling In spite of the chilling weather Love knows no season Love knows no climb Romance can blossom any here in the open, we're walking and hoping together, together, together. 
together, together, sleigh bells ring. Are you listening in the rain? Snow is whistling. A beautiful sight. We're happy tonight. Walking in the winter wonderland. Gone away is the bluebird. Here to stay is a new bird. He's singing a love song as we go along. Walking in the winter wonderland. In the meadow we can build a snowman and pretend that he's a circus clown. We'll have lots of fun with Mr. Snowman until the other kitties knock him down. When it snows, ain't it thrilling? Though your nose gets a chillin', we'll frolic and play the Eskimo way. Walking in the winter wonderland. Walking in the winter wonderland. Winter wonder, winter wonderland. Winter, winter wonder, wonderland. Welcome you back in, Kevin Slayton, with you on a snowy, snowy Thursday morning. Excuse me, Wednesday morning in the Midwest. Still snowy, so they might have been, they might have got it right for a change that it's going to snow all morning, and it has been doing that. So we're very happy to see that snow falling. Stop, not going to stop for a little while. I had somebody on social media this morning say that it was uh, just a dusting. This was like 3.30 in the morning when I got up. And I wrote back to the guy. I felt like compelled to tell him, dude, it's supposed to snow for the next seven hours. Give it a chance. It's a lot more than a dusting out there now. It's not as much as I'd like to see, but it's plenty. Kids can sleigh ride down my back hill. I look forward to watching the kids do that because they'll all be off school. The schools were called off last night. Boy, I'll tell you what, difference than when I grew up. You didn't, you didn't call school off till the morning of, and you had to see evidence of the snow. You didn't just take the weathercaster's forecast. It didn't work that way. It wasn't about to be that. So it is snowing out. It is a wonderful day, and as far as I'm concerned, to be alive. And I'm glad you're ready because we've got it. And we're enjoying it. And it's a lot of fun. So if you're a kid at heart, get your device. By that I mean your sled. Your Remember those saucers you used to have? Chevy Chase made them famous in Christmas Vacation. All right, our phone lines are open, 636-538-0746. A reminder in, in asking you a favor to Google Kings Court Kevin Slayton, four words, Kings Court Kevin Slayton, then scroll down to the King's Court, um, just King's Court with Kevin Slayton on Apple Podcasts. Scroll down to that. Click on it. Then at the top right-hand corner, hit the three buttons and click follow. 
And then scroll down where it says write a review, right under it's where it says ratings and reviews, and just write anything for me. I don't care what you write. Just write your own name. Just so you write a review, it helps us. We are in, as we found out yesterday, the top 10% of all podcasts worldwide. Now, that means over 3 million podcasts, and we are in the top 10% of listenership. We want to make it better. We want to create even more. You've helped us get here. Please help us get further. It benefits everybody. Remember when we had a $5 fee for the show and we said we're going to try to make it so we don't have to do that? Well, we were able to do that. We kept our word. We haven't gone back on it. And a a simple review and a simple follow will help us even more. And if you go on Spotify as well where we have our show podcast, just do the same thing, but click on the bell. There's a little bell icon. Click on that, and that means you're following us. So if you'll do that, I appreciate it. Tell your friends. Tell your family members. It takes, it takes five minutes. It doesn't even take that, actually. For me, it took five, not even five minutes. I'm sorry. I was under five minutes, and I'm an idiot when it comes to technology. Our phone lines are open for you, 636-538-0746, 538-0746. On any of the topics we've discussed, or you might have something different. It's quite possible. Stunning admission yesterday came from the singer, singer-songwriter Alanis Morissette. Now, you may or may not be familiar with her music. I am. I think she's pretty good. Uh, she's 47 years old. She's been in the music and entertainment business for a long time. But in a documentary that's called Jagged, it just premiered the other day at the Toronto International Film Festival, she says the entertainment industry is run by elite pedophiles who routinely rape and abuse children. Wow. And she's not even talking about Harvey Weinstein, who routinely, according to the evidence and according to the conviction, raped and abused grown women. According to Alanis Morissette, she was forced to have sex with multiple men in the entertainment industry when she was a teenager. It took me years in therapy to even admit there had been any kind of victimization on my part, she said. I would always say I was consenting, and then I'd be reminded like, hey, you were 15. You're not consenting at 15. Now I'm like, they're all pedophiles. It's all statutory rape. Pretty strong comments about the elite people that run the music industry and the entertainment industry, for that matter. She didn't just specify music. She doesn't name anybody, which is always a little bit worrisome for me when you're not naming anybody. But she says she tried to speak up and the music industry ignored her. She said she told people and fell on deaf ears. She went on to say that almost every woman in the music industry has been assaulted, harassed, raped. It's ubiquitous, more in music even than film. She says women who want to speak out face the threat of losing their job, their reputation, and not being believed. I can see that. She hadn't gone into specific information about the incidents, she says, because she wanted to protect her parents, her brothers, and future partners. I can understand that, too. But that is some heavy-duty, those are some heavy-duty accusations. Big time. Big time. Our lines are open if you want to weigh in on that. Also comes a story that Justin Trudeau 
has been accused of sexually abusing a 12-year-old girl. Yeah, that's uh, Trudy, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada. You know, the guy who had the most draconian lockdowns during the COVID era. That's him, though, Trudeau. Now, we're not saying it's true, but he's been accused of it, and we'll let the court system play out if indeed it gets that far. Our phone lines are open, 636-538-0746, all kinds of things that we talked about today. I I think as I was looking back on the uh, craziest ones, I guess it was Al Gore and his wildly crazy comparison of people like me who believe this climate change crap is nothing but that, a hoax, crap. But I'm just like the police officers in Uvalde, Texas, who didn't go in through an unlocked door to the school to protect the kids from getting slaughtered. That's what he said. It's unconscionable that he made a comparison like that. It really is. Here it is if if you missed it earlier. Climate deniers uh, uh, are really in some ways similar to all of those uh, almost 400 law enforcement officers in Uvalde, Texas, who were waiting outside an unlocked door uh, while the children were being massacred. You, You can't make this stuff up. I mean, you really can't. He said it. You heard him say it. He meant it. You know that. Those people, like him, hate police officers. Now that, of course, if you want any evidence for committed to be committed into an insane asylum, that's bad enough. But that comes off the heels of this last week. 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every single day on the Earth. <laughs> that's what he claims are polluting the climate is causing 600,000 Hiroshima powered bombs exploding on the earth every day, every day. So like I said, their their aim must be off because they haven't hit him yet, but their aim must really be off because to my knowledge, they haven't hit anybody, but that's Al Gore. Remember those of you who are liberals, you once voted for him to be vice president. In fact, you voted for him twice. That should scare everyone. 636-538-0746. I talked earlier about Scott Rowland going into the Baseball Hall of Fame. I'm happy that he did. Tip of the cap to Scott Rowland. Love the way he played. Missouri's basketball team played last night on the road at Ole Miss. And while they got a victory, it was a simple victory. Ole Miss is one of the worst teams in the SEC. Worse yet, their leading scorer missed the game. So you take on a bad team and you take their leading scorer out and the team, even with their leading scorer, averaged in the 60s in terms of points scored per game. Missouri's stifling defense gave them 77 last night. Missouri doesn't guard anybody. This is a team, Ole Miss, that can't shoot, didn't have their top scorer, and they still scored 77 points against Missouri. That's how bad Missouri's defense is. But worse than that is the Achilles heel that I continually point out. Missouri got 27 total rebounds in the game, five offensive rebounds. 
Ole Miss got 36 rebounds, 16 offensive rebounds. Do you know if you get 8 to 10 offensive rebounds in a game, somebody's going to be running gassers on the other team in practice? 16 is unheard of. What it tells you is this about Missouri, that when you watch this team play, and I've heard so many people say, well, I really enjoy the, you know, they can shoot and they're up and down the floor and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, all that's fun. But you don't win unless you play some defense. Just have a nodding acquaintance with it. And not being able to rebound is not a matter of whose team is bigger. Someone saw on social media last night say, well, you know, Missouri could use a, a, a taller center to rebound. Well, actually, they have a 6'8 guy and they have a 6'10 guy. So that excuse is out the window. But even if they didn't have them, rebounding is about effort. It's all about blocking out. I was about 6'3 in high school. I led our team in rebounds every year because I blocked out. It's not hard. You get inside the guy and stick your ass into him, and he can't get around you. It's pretty simple. But players don't want to do that today. Instead, they like to watch the ball. Ooh, look at that ball. It's up in the air. It's going toward the basket. Oops, it missed, and I didn't get it. You pin your guy. I mean, how many times do you see a guy start out at the free throw line, run all the way down the lane, get an offensive rebound and score? Happens every time. Every game. Happened all night last night for Ole Miss. That's how they got 77 points. They were getting easy stickbacks after missed shots. And apparently Dennis Gates, who has molded a decent team. Missouri's not a good team. They're a decent team. They beat a lot of bad teams, and they beat a decent Illinois team and a, an okay Kentucky team and a decent Arkansas team. Those are the teams they've beaten that have any quality to them. But they also lost to Arkansas, so it depended on where you were playing that game. And an official's call at the end of the game in Columbia gave Missouri the win over Arkansas that was later apologized for by the league and said it was the wrong call. So Missouri really wouldn't have beaten Arkansas without that. But if you can't give enough effort to block out and rebound, if you can't get enough effort to play defense, defense is nothing but effort as well. It's all effort. In the effort areas, Missouri's basketball program gets a floundering F. It's different than a block F. It's a floundering F. And as I said many times, until Dennis Gates demands effort and demands that you block out and rebound, this team's going nowhere. Some imbecile that was on the uh, telecast last night, and man, I'm telling you, these play-by-play people are dumber by the day. The guy actually said, if it hadn't been for Ole Miss's turnovers and Missouri scoring 20 points off the turnovers, this would really be a close game. Yeah, except for that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? The bottom line is it happens, you stupid ass. They turned the ball over, Missouri scored off the turnovers. That's part of the game. Missouri also shot better than 50% from three and better than 50% from the field. They made 17 threes. You're not going to do that. That's the only time of the year you're going to do that. I'd love to go back through all their box scores. I bet you they haven't had 17 threes in the whole season, and they probably never will again. But they live and die by it. And against good teams, they die because they don't rebound. And when you're shooting threes, you don't get to the free throw line very often. Missouri's team shoots free throws very well as a team, but they don't get there nearly often enough. 
Now, if they're ahead, they'll get there late in games because the teams will be following them. But, for instance, last night, they got to the free throw line 13 times. Got to get there more than that. They made 11, 84%. Can't get much better than that. So that's the status of the Missouri basketball program. I just thought I'd weigh in on that on the heels of Scott Rowland's induction into the Baseball Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm grateful that the baseball writers don't just vote anybody in anymore. They were doing that for a while. It became the Hall of kind of good, but not the Hall of Fame. It wasn't the greatest players going in. Ted Simmons got in last year. He shouldn't be in. Gary Carter, a contemporary of his as a catcher, is in. He shouldn't be in. The gold standard is what should be in. And those guys didn't have it. Talk about catchers, you talk about Johnny Bench. Now go from there. Does that mean everybody has to be as great as Johnny Bench to be in the Hall of Fame? No. But you have to be in the neighborhood. You have to be within shouting distance. And Gary Carter and Ted Simmons were not. But they're in. That's the way it goes. Well, I want you to be careful today. That's my fatherly advice to everyone out driving. I would assume, and I haven't been outside to know this, but I'm assuming that because the temperatures have been warm, that the ground is warm, and and while the snow is on the ground, it's probably slushy and a wet snow, which makes it a heavy snow, but on the streets it would make it fairly easy to drive through. In our area, our neck of the woods, it's 33 degrees, so it's right around the freezing area. But it's supposed to snow right on through 10 o'clock. So if you're out and about, caution is always the key. Well, that's going to wrap us for today's show. Thank you for listening. And please do me the favor of going on Google and on Spotify and writing those reviews. If You, or, uh, you Google the, the name, but you're on Apple, actually. It's the app where, where you listen to me on Apple. That's where you can write a review and, and click to follow us. And where you listen to me on Spotify, that's where you can do the same. You can click that little bell on Spotify. And it will help us greatly. Ten per, top 10% of over 3 million podcasts is where we are with our listeners. Spectacular to you. My tip of the cap and my great thanks to all of you. All right, folks, we're back fighting the good fight for you again tomorrow. It doesn't get any easier, but the climb gets steeper, and we keep fighting. And we'll keep doing it tomorrow. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.